From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back to episode 84 of the Cannabis Podcast. If this is your first time, I sure hope you like cannabis, because I think that's what you're going to find is the focus of the discussion for the next 30, 40 minutes or so. Now, I did want to start with something a little bit different. This program is intended only for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction, and it is intended purely for entertainment purposes. Remember, you should always only consume cannabis responsibly. In episode 84, we're going to pack a lot. We had our first social get-together in 18 months with some really good friends, and as a result, I'm afraid I've jumped back on my cannabis stigma bandwagon. At the same event, we had a real-life example of how you should not do edibles. We're going to touch on a story that I was hoping I would never cover on the Cannabis Podcast. That's an armed robbery at a cannabis store here in the Okanagan happened this last weekend. We have a survey that has a cloudy forecast for BC retail, and another that says price really matters to consumers. We're going to go back to the North Okanagan for today's selection on Cultivar Corner. It's Organic Crafts Platinum Grapes. Mmm, fruity, fruity. And back almost four years ago now, when I started the Cannabis Podcast, I had obviously done radio before, so I knew what putting a program together was like, but I really had no idea how much other stuff there was going to be in terms of the podcast, all of the artwork required for each episode, distributing it, and all the various paraphernalia that has to happen. Plus, I can even throw in the cost of all the various cultivar quarters. <laughs> I, I'd actually hate to add up the amount that I have spent on those cultivar quarters because it's all been my own bread. Nobody has been giving me the weed except for, of course, Josh, my friend from Ontario, who sent me some of the weed he grew. And, and I guess there's uh, Jean-Sebastien from Quebec. Uh, he also sent me a little bit. <laughs> That's the only stuff that I have not purchased. Anyways, I guess I'm kind of digressing, as I sometimes do. I came across a service this last week that allows podcasters like myself to connect with listeners like you and give you an opportunity to support what we're doing here if you really enjoy it. In fact, if you feel like it, you can even buy me a doobie. We'll talk about that and more on episode 84 of the Cannabis Podcast. And as I said, this is a story I was hoping I would never cover on the Cannabis Podcast. From our local news source, castanet.net, RCMP investigating after a male and female with a firearm made off with an undisclosed amount of cash from a dispensary. Kelowna RCMP advising retail cannabis stores to be vigilant in their security measures after an armed robbery involving a firearm was believed to be targeted. A male and female entered a cannabis store on Lawrence Avenue just before 11 p.m. on November 7th, demanding money from an employee. This was a Flora outlet. It's right at the corner of Lawrence and Gordon Drive here in Kelowna. Kelowna RCMP and police dog services searched the area but were unable to locate the suspects. No one was physically injured during this incident, thank goodness. Police are releasing images of the suspect in hopes that the public can aid in identifying them, adds Corporal Tammy Lobb. The male suspect, described as a tall white man with a muscular build, wearing a dark gray Under Armour hoodie with black overalls, black gloves, and a half-face mask with a skull design. The female suspect, described as a white woman of average height, small build, wearing an orange or faded red Lulumon hoodie with tight blue jeans. She had shoulder-length frizzy red hair and black frame glasses. She was wearing black gloves and a light-colored half-face mask. Investigation by the Kelowna RCMP General Investigative Services Robbery Unit. (sighs) Not a story I was hoping I'd ever have to read on here. And quite honestly, I... 
I'm not going to say I was expecting it, but I kind of knew it was going to happen. And in today's world, with everybody wearing masks when they come into the store, I mean, talk about a time made for robberies. So this freaked out everybody in the cannabis industry here in the Okanagan, no question. Uh, it hit home really hard for every store. Uh, our staff was concerned. Obviously, we already have procedures in place and, and people are trained how to behave. And that is, don't stop them. Basically, give them whatever they need and get them out of the store as soon as you can. I don't have anything more to say about it, but I'm really disappointed that it has come to the Okanagan. And I hope that that's, that's a rarity. I hope this is an anomaly. I hope this does not become a regular event. From studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. We seem to be starting with kind of a dark theme this episode, and, and let me assure you, once we hit Cultivar Corner, the darkness will disappear. But we've got to be honest, right? This is the reality of the industry right now. My thanks to David Wiley and the crew at the OZ for the next story, which is unfortunately showing us that there are some issues in BC retail. Most private cannabis stores, in fact, not viable, says a survey. A majority of cannabis retailers in BC say they are severely struggling and feel their business is no longer viable, a new survey has found. Challenges include direct competition with provincially run BC cannabis stores. I can attest to that. An increasing number of unlicensed stores. I can attest to that. And municipalities approving too many stores within close proximity. I can attest to that. <laughs> it's becoming more clear that numerous privately run cannabis stores will be forced to close their doors, says Sarah Ballantyne with the Okanagan Cannabis Collective, OCC. These are businesses run by local residents who are invested in their communities. The survey of more than 100 legal cannabis retailers in BC was jointly conducted by the OCC and the Association of Canadian Cannabis Retailers, Acres, and we have spoken to Jacqueline Pahota of Acres before on the Cannabis Podcast. In fact, we have also spoken with Sarah Ballantyne of the Okanagan Cannabis Collective previously on the Cannabis Podcast. Details of the survey include 60% of legal cannabis retailers in the province believe their business is no longer viable. Now, that statement alone should be setting a whole lot of alarm bells off. 90% of retailers surveyed say they are in direct competition with illegal operators. Yeah, when's that going to be dealt with? And 75% say that those illegal retailers are having a significant negative impact on their business. 60% saying they have witnessed additional illegal operators open within the past year. The finding that I found most concerning is that of those retailers that contacted the Community Safety Unit, the CSU, regarding those illegal operations, 90% say they have seen no enforcement action, says Jacqueline Pahota with Acres. Meanwhile, government-run BC cannabis stores are poaching both employees and customers from private retailers when they set up shop in town, according to the survey results. The fact that the province refuses to enforce the law is one thing, but then to have them open taxpayer-funded businesses that are clearly operating at a loss will be the nail in the coffin for many private retailers, says Ballantyne. Ex-Canna president and co-founder Oana Capilano recently told Stratcan that the chain's Penticton location simply couldn't compete with the BC Cannabis Store's location in the city and was forced to permanently close. The survey shows other retailers are facing similar struggles. The OCC and Acres are asking the province to immediately eliminate the 15% wholesale markup, cease the expansion of public stores, implement provincially mandated distancing requirements, and adhere to their own laws with respect to enforcement. The survey was conducted online November 4th and 5th, and 109 retailers responded. 
Now, that is a story that should be getting a whole lot of attention here in BC, where, I mean, let's be honest, this is the original home of BC, but we were supposed to do this right. We have made so many errors, and the retail market is clearly one of them. Stores, and it's obvious as you look around, and and I know this is about BC, but we were hearing on the news today about the preponderance of cannabis stores in downtown Toronto and how that's starting to become a problem for them. Well, we haven't reached that level of saturation, but it's getting pretty bad here. <sighs> well, let's hope that things improve in the future. The inspiration for this story, which is coming from 420intel.com, is actually from my own experience. I've just been feeling and hearing from more people that they're having weird issues with cannabis that they never had before, like kind of allergies. My son Ian, he's not able to smoke weed like he once was. He just gets all wired up and, and he hasn't found if it's a particular terpene that's causing the issue or, or what it is. So as I say, this is a story from 420intel.com. Some people report an ultra sensitivity to cannabis, along with symptoms that are similar to allergies. Is it possible to be allergic to marijuana? Allergic reactions can include almost anything you can think of, from different types of food, drinks, and even marijuana. According to estimates from Medical News Today, around 10% of people have an allergic reaction to cannabis. These can vary, while some doctors believing that perceiving red eyes, runny nose, itchy skin, hives, and sneezing could be some of the symptoms. There's an important item for allergies called allergic sensitization. It refers to the complex exchange that occurs between the allergen and the person who's developing the allergy, according to the environment they're in. The allergy develops due to the body's reaction, triggered by the immune system when exposed to the allergen, in this case, marijuana. The degrees to which people react to the plant vary from case to case, sometimes occurring when they come in contact with the plant, ingest it orally, or smoke it. Asthma and other lung problems have also been reported as marijuana allergy symptoms. While most of these side effects sound like standard allergies and not much to worry about, some people report much more serious symptoms like diarrhea and vomiting when marijuana is ingested orally. For people with these types of sensibilities, having contact with marijuana in any shape is a bad idea, especially when mixed with foods like bananas, almonds, tomatoes, and other fruits since compounds in the different elements can interact and result in anaphylaxis. This condition causes plenty of serious symptoms, including shock and difficulty breathing. Since there's not a lot of research available on marijuana and allergies, there's no clear way of treating these conditions. There's also no way of knowing if CBD or other marijuana compounds could cause these same reactions in people with these same sensitivities. If you've ever felt strange and uncomfortable while interacting with the plant, it's best to visit a doctor and obtain some orientation. The doctor could provide you with a skin prick test, which can inform you of your allergies, or you could simply choose to steer clear of your allergen for the time being. While now there are no treatment options, with cannabis getting legalized, there may be some sort of immunotherapy developed in the future. So there you go, from 420intel.com. If you've been feeling kind of weird from your cannabis, maybe it's not just you. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. On Cultivar Corner today, we are going back up north, back to the North Okanagan, Vernon area, where we find organic graft. 
We were pretty pleased with the last organic craft stuff we had. I think it was the black cherry punch. But this time, we're doing platinum grapes. Ooh, sounds delicious right from the front. Platinum grapes is OGKB and platinum kush. It's a hybrid. They don't really say which way it leans. I guess we'll have an opportunity to find that out for ourselves, won't we? So let's pop the bag. Now, this is one of the producers that is doing really cool things with their labeling. We've talked about this before, and this is another one of those. There's just a whole bunch of facts on this label for Organicraft Platinum Grapes. Tells you the cultivar, the farm facts, the grow facts, a whole bunch of the cannabinoids that are there, not just THC. Let's see what else there is. There's some CBG. There's some CBGA. There's a little Delta 9 THC, which, of course, is what we talked about in the last episode, in fact, that already decarboxylated THC that's sitting inside your bag. This one's sitting at 0.38% of Delta 9 THC. And the THCA is at 31.11%. And the total THC at 27.66%. CBD is at 0.07%. So it's just cool having all those facts. They tell you who the grower is. It's Chris Cagnoni. The location is Vernon, British Columbia, and the farm type is an indoor micro. The growing method is soilless organic blend. And feeding into that growing method is salt-based nutrient solutions. They started with clones, and they spent 63 days in flour. And in about one second, I'm ripping open their package. Package is ripped. And I've heard really good things about the experience when one first opens their package of Organic Craft Platinum Grapes. Oh, and the stories were true. Wow. Now, if you listen to any of the previous episodes of the Canada's podcast, you know that my palate has difficulty catching many of those finer nuances. Not with this one. (laughs) Wow. That's just right in your face. Grape. Mmm. It's like I I made some grape Kool-Aid and I'm holding a glass of it in front of me. Wow. So (laughs) here's one of the interesting things about having this package that has all of this information on it. And I was just about to go and see the terpenes. And by the way, the total terpenes are 3.78%. But I guess because they've already used up so much room on the package, they don't actually list the actual terpenes. <laughs> it tells me that my aroma is going to be earthy and fruity. My flavor is going to be sweet, creamy, and grape. And appearances, dark green and purple flowers coated with trichomes. Well, let's test that theory. Let's pull one of these guys out. Good-sized buds, not huge. And again, we've talked about the size of the buds many, many times on the Cannabis Podcast and how relevant the size is to the whole equation. So let me take this bud out here, get out my jeweler's loop. To the naked eye, doesn't look exceptionally frosty. Let's try it with the jeweler's loop and see if that impression changes. Oh, yeah, it's pretty frosty with the jeweler's loop, all right. Very, very trichome rich. And even even when I'm holding that bud in my fingers using the jeweler's loop, the the smell of grape is really, really overpowering. Wow. 
They certainly got that right. This is a product that is named appropriately. <laughs> well done on you, folks. I think because it smells so darn good, I'm going to look up their website, and we're going to get some details on what the actual terpenes are. BC Craft Cannabis Platinum Grapes. That's the latest light from the folks at Organic Craft. Now, here they are. And I knew they wouldn't disappoint me. And I knew when we got to the website, we'd be able to locate the terpenes. And there they are. Myrcene, limonene, and beta-caryophylline. Now, there's a whole lot of weed that has those three terpenes as their dominant terpenes, and they don't smell grapeish. So how come this has such a, such a deep grape aroma? Amazing. Okay, and now we also know it's an indica-dominant hybrid. Here's the story from Organicraft. Platinum grapes is the definition of exotic, straight grape deliciousness. Coming in at 24 to 30% THC, and in fact, this one is at 27.6% THC, 3% plus terpenes, and the terpenes on this guy at 3.78%. This cultivar is definitely for the more experienced consumer. Platinum grape's powerful aromas are complemented by beautiful crystal-covered flowers, tinged with purple undertones and bright orange accents. This cultivar is specifically grown in small batches within 500-square-foot grow rooms using high-quality, salt-based nutrients and tender care, right down to the hand-trimming process. And you can tell these have been hand-trimmed. Beautiful trim job on it. And a nice cure, too. It looks like I'm not going to be able to, or I'm not going to have to pull out my grinder, and I always like that when I get some fresh weed that's dry enough to smoke, but still has enough moisture in it that it, that it holds its shape, I guess. <laughs> and yet by applying a little finger pressure into this bud, oh, and that grape smell is getting more and more prevalent as I crunch these buds up. Mmm, very, very tasty. So true to the real craft ideology, organic craft processes are all completed by hand, without the use of pesticides or trimming machines. And that truly is obvious when you take a look at the buds. Very, very pretty. Well done. Well cured. <clears throat> and the aroma. Wow. <laughs> Interesting that, and I remember talking about this last episode, about how sometimes I wonder whether it, you know, it is my frequent consumption that detracts from my ability to pick up all these wonderful flavor notes. But by gosh... <laughs> In this case, there's no problem picking up these flavor notes with this Platinum Grapes. Because it is just... It's filling the studio with the smell of grapes. My fingers? Oh, from doing that little hand grinding on it? My, my, my. <laughs> Wish I could dip them into a flavor punch pouch and just kind of wrap that up and hold it till later. I'm impressed so far and we haven't even smoked it yet. That's always a good sign, and we're getting to that. My hand grinding is taking place. I've got enough for my joint, and I'm definitely putting some of this in the Crafty Plus because when something smells this good, you know it's going to have a pretty good effect if we can smoke it in the vaporizer or vape it in the vaporizer. So let me get the joint rolled, ready to fill up the Crafty. Take that smart approach and get the Crafty turned on so when we are ready to fire it up, it is ready to go. Certainly like the last stuff we had from Organic Craft, they're really making a name for themselves with some consistency in their small batch rooms that they're growing, picking just a few cultivars, and doing an exceptional job on that, bringing well-deserved notoriety to the Okanagan and 
bringing back the stature of B.C. Bud, which wavered in the years prior to, well, I guess in the initial phases of legalization when we're getting all that dry crap from out east. <laughs> okay, sorry, I didn't mean to politicize the cultivar corner of the day. Joint is rolled. I'm throwing the platinum grapes nicely ground up, and boy, it is just, oh, abundant in grape aroma. I wish I knew what terpene it was that's given that grape. I don't know. Haven't been able to find out. But I have been able to finish the joint, and I have been able to find my lighter. And here we go. Going to light the joint of Organic Crafts Platinum Grapes, an indica-dominant hybrid at 27.66% THC. And always nice on the note that the joint has been lit, that the vaporizer has now stated it is ready to rock as well. So lots of aroma from the flower in the preparation stages, simply in the bag, grinding it up, lots and lots of grape aromas, but not a lot from the joint. Now this could come back to, again, what I was talking about last cultivar corner, where my palate just doesn't pick up some of those nuanced flavors. It's very smooth smoke. It's not harsh. Not giving me a coughing fit, which can sometimes occur. But I am really curious, now that the Crafty Plus is ready to fire up, I want to see what the taste profile is like when we try platinum grapes in the vaporizer. Oh, there it is. Wow. One of the few cultivars that in reality, when I'm smoking it in the vaporizer, I can actually taste the notes they're talking about. The earthiness, the sweetness, and a little bit of grape. And again, very smooth. Mmm. Tasty. Mm. And further down on the page from Organic Craft, the cultivar features on the nose gassy grapes and earthy tones. Definitely talked about the grapes. I guess there's definitely some gassy pieces to that too. Ah, the sensation I'm looking for. Deeply relaxing and inspirational. Oh, I'm glad I read that. I think this cultivar corner is now going to have a, a whole different outcome now that I know that it's supposed to be inspirational as well. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes I can't help myself. <laughs> the lab results generally 24 to 30% THC and terpenes 3 plus percent and they hit all of those on this mark at 27.66% THC. And the buzz is starting to come on. Once more, at that kind of THC level, I would expect it to be smacked in the face a bit sooner. But I think what we are experiencing 
is an evolution. In the last six months, we have seen all of our THC levels just skyrocket. I mean, it was all 20%, 23%, 24% was high. We'd get the occasional 26 or something. But now everything's in the, in the 25, 26, 27% THC. How did these plants suddenly realize that we were supposed to produce such high THCs? But in so doing, I think we've also elevated our THC tolerance up into those higher values. And so therefore, the 27.66 isn't hitting as hard as what used to hit pretty hard in a 21.3. Oh, I do love the taste of it in the vaporizer, though. And I am getting some highness going on now. Kind of sweeping into the little bit of happy eyes. Hmm, nice little rush there. Hmm. And those relaxing notes and tones that we were looking for have kind of fallen into place. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Definitely subdued. This is not something that I would smoke and probably go do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'll do a bunch of stuff, but not from a creative perspective. I think this is going to be a... Let's just chill. <laughs> Let's just chill for a bit here. All right. I have to think of something inspirational. I'm inspired by the fact that with the platinum grapes in my vaporizer, I actually taste those grape notes. <laughs> and that for me is a huge success. So I have to say for the folk, oh yeah, more of it's coming on now. Ah. Oh, yeah. That's the high that I was looking for. And it has been delivered. The folks at Organic Craft certainly know what they're doing. Chris Cagnoni, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, dude. If I'm not, send a note to info at cannabispodcast.com. Tell me the proper pronunciation, because I'll probably be doing some more of your cultivars in the future. It's cool that they're putting all the information on the label. Just a ton more information. Although, here's a hint, guys. Surely you can squeeze the terpenes on there, too, so we don't have to take the trip to the website just to get those details. But good on you. That's really coming a long way, and it's it's getting our industry is getting better from that perspective. So let me finish with... Mm, one more delightful taste of platinum grapes out of the Crafty Plus and Organic Craft has got themselves another winner. And as I will often do, I'll just kind of check in after a little bit, see if it's gotten any deeper. And it's coming on, it's coming on stronger. I'm now starting to think that that 27.66% is more accurate. <sighs> yeah. Definitely worth the effort. If you haven't tried any organic craft yet, I think platinum grapes may change your mind. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And if I may be so bold, I'm going to do a bit of an advertisement for myself. 
well, actually not for myself, but for the whole concept of podcasting and how when you put a bunch of time and effort into something, you're hoping that eventually there's going to be an opportunity to monetize and that you're not going to have to keep forking out to produce all of this stuff. So here's a, a little bit of what I have found. I mentioned at the start the service that I had found, and it's called buymeacoffee.com. In fact, if you go to the CannabisPodcast.com website, CannabisPodcast.com, just underneath the top of that, you're going to find be, you can become a cannabis podcaster. There's a little button there that says, buy me a doobie. When you go to that site, there's a couple of choices. You, you could, if you really, really like what's happening here, and you want to support it and see the podcast grow, you could be a member. You could sign up for a monthly membership, and you're going to get early access to the show, early notice of what's coming up on Cultivar Corner, so we could share the same weed together, behind-the-scenes audio, a whole bunch of different stuff. Or, if you just want to buy me a doobie, click on the support button. You can buy me a doobie for five bucks, and trust me, that is going to be one well-smoked doobie, and you know that. In fact, you'll probably hear about it because everybody who supports is going to get a shout-out on the Cannabis Podcast as well. So I just put it out there for you to make your own choice. There's no pressure, obviously, because I can't force you to do anything. But if you like what's happening here, if you like what you hear, and you'd like to hear more of it, it would certainly help me if you bought me a doobie. And we're going to stick with our friends from the OZ for the next story from OkanaganZ.com. Thank you again, David Wiley. In fact, David wrote this story. When it comes to buying cannabis, a new report has found price matters most. I guess that's really not a surprise, is it? Titled, Price, It's Complicated. How Cannabis Pricing Differs from Other Consumer Goods. The new pricing analysis was released by three top names in cannabis forecasting and data. BDSA, Deloitte Canada, and HiFire. One of the key findings, they say, is cannabis customers are consistently considering pricing as a primary factor. And as a bit of an aside, we get that all the time. It's a very common request. Come into the store. Give me the lowest price with the highest THC. End of sidebar. As existing markets mature and new markets come online, cannabis pricing is expected to remain extremely volatile, says High Fire President Matthew Hollingshead, who's also Chief Innovation Officer at Fire & Flower. Though there are some similarities in trends to traditional consumer packaged goods, CPG markets, like consumers willing to pay a premium price for superior products or services, BDSA found in its surveys that low price is the leading influencer of product choice in Canada, with 34% of consumers stating it matters the most. Meanwhile, Deloitte Canada found in its latest study of Canadian cannabis consumers that 70% of respondents who shop illicitly do so for the lower prices. That said, people will pay more for the good stuff. In Canada, craft dried flour commands a price premium ranging from 16 to 41 percent, depending on its THC level. People are willing to pay more for unique ingredients and gummies. And in California, live resin is generally perceived as having a higher quality than other vape cards and is rapidly gaining market share. Kelly Nielsen, Vice President of Insights and Analytics at BDSA, says understanding the role of pricing will be imperative to maximizing potential for brands and retailers. In order to be competitive, it's important to understand how pricing plays a role in the decision-making process and how pricing and product benefits can be leveraged to maximize potential. Other findings from the report? Global legal cannabis sales reached nearly U.S. $21.6 billion in 2020, an increase of 50% over 2019 sales, BDSA forecast global cannabis sales will continue to grow quickly to U.S. $62 billion in 2026, more than double the 2021 estimated global sales of $30.6 billion. 
Through dispensaries alone, cannabis sales in the United States reached U.S. $18 billion in 2020 and are forecast to reach U.S. $24 billion in 2021. So thanks again to the folks at OkanaganZ.com for the study on, again, not a surprise, that price matters to cannabis consumers. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. Now I want to take a little bit of a twist here and talk about the results of our going out for our first time in 18 months to visit some friends last weekend. Maybe it was two weekends ago. Irrelevant to the story. But here's what happened. Good friends of ours, we've been friends with them with oh, probably a dozen years or more now, and really enjoy our time together. And we smoke a fair amount of weed when we're together. Not surprising, especially if you, if you know me. Now, most of the weed smoking, in fact, in the other relationship is with the woman in the relationship. And I, I won't use the name and, and that will become relevant in just a couple minutes why I'm not using her name. <laughs> so we got together, hadn't been together for a long time. And every other time we had been previously together and smoking weed, we had to make sure that their son was not around. We had to keep it hidden. We often went outside and hid in the deep, dark, jungles of their backyard to hide from their son while we were trying to smoke some weed. And lo and behold, when they invited us to this event, it was declared that this was going to be a different event. In fact, they were going to do some edibles with their son and his wife. (laughs) Now, that's the first clue that something went wrong with that plan. (laughs) So I was really stoked. We didn't have to hide it anymore. I could bring along a bunch of joints and and I sat down and I asked for an ashtray and I started smoking joints as soon as we sat down at the table. So it was really cool. Really enjoyed that. Here's where the stigma part came in. Because our friend, she works at a local elementary school and it's far away from my store, far away from where she lives. In fact, you haven't even been into the store since I started working there. You should come by one time. And she declared that she would never do that because one of her students' parents might see her. And if you've listened to any of this podcast before, you know that I have a real hate for stigma against cannabis and the hackles on my neck just went up. And I'm afraid that I might have come on a little too hard and and she thought that I was coming on hard at her, but I wasn't. I was coming at hard because it's the reaction of other people that really tick me off in this regard. It shouldn't matter whether she goes into a liquor store, a cannabis store, a fruit store, a produce store, whatever. It's none of their freaking business. And I guess that's the thing that amazes me, that people who still suffer from stigma are still concerned about stigma in my opinion, are just way too concerned with what other people think. I know that's an easy thing to say and a difficult thing to pull off when you're in the situation. And I understand where she's coming from and her fear of being discovered. But boy, that still just gets the hackles on my neck up. So so anyways, that was part of it. And here's the other amusing part of it. I mentioned that they were going to do some edibles. So when we arrived, uh, I, as I have started to do, I'm breaking stigma myself. Instead of when you go to visit somebody, bringing some a, a gift of a bottle of wine, I've started bringing pre-rolls. And I did that in this case, too. She mistakenly thought that I had given her some edibles, but it turns out that she was actually happy with the pre-rolls later. So they had a bunch of edibles, and they had kind of already started. And I could tell when I sat down with my, with my good friend, hadn't seen him in 18 months, and I could just look at his eyes and see that he was already stoned. So it was fine for him because he did it appropriately. 
His son, however, they were getting ready to do theirs. And, and because I work in a cannabis store, they asked if, if I had any advice. And I, so I offered some, some simple advice. I got a sense of what his tolerance level was, discovered that he had none. <laughs> so I suggested two and a half milligrams. Start there. And if you really want to, to find out what your dosage is, don't do any more. Just leave it alone. See if that does you for the night. Well, you know the end of this story. <laughs> it's obvious, isn't it? Because it happens so often. This is a frequent story we hear from people who go to do edibles. They take a little bit. They wait a little bit and they're not feeding what they think they should be feeding. So they take way more and it doesn't turn out well. Well, I could kind of see this one heading that way. In my opinion, the, the son was already pretty stoned. And yet, he was now behind me, and I could see his wife. She was in front of me, and, and, and she was doing some gesticulation to her husband behind me, saying, no, 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 just just one. He's obviously behind me, considering he wants to do more edibles. Well, he didn't do just one. He did three. And he didn't do just a half. He did three five-milligram edibles for a guy that had no tolerance. <laughs> well, as I said, you know the end of this story. It was less than probably... 30 minutes. He's gone. He's no longer at the party. He's no longer playing the game that we are playing. He's now off in some bedroom in some green out because he didn't listen to the advice. After I gave him the explanation of the Delta 9 to 11 hydroxy THC transformation and why that's so much more powerful, he still ignored it and took way too much and ended the night of happiness for himself and his wife was a little ticked off as well, and I don't think his parents were too impressed. But that's what happens when you do edibles and you don't take the advice. That wraps it up for episode 84 of the Cannabis Podcast. As always, if there's something you'd like to comment on or what you would like to hear about, send a note to info at CannabisPodcast.com. And if you like what you hear, feel free to buy me a doobie. And thanks for listening to episode 84 of the Cannabis Podcast in the cannabis-infused studio. High above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst, and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.